what is going on everybody welcome back to the playstation drive episode 115 my name is matt and i'll be your host for this adventures events i'm joined not by court this week because he's off on vacation and as is tradition whenever court's not here i bring on the best guests coming to us you may have seen him on kind of funny you may have seen him on podcast beyond this man's been everywhere and is one of the best people out here mr midas thank you for coming back and joining me my dude how are you Firstly, thank you so much for having me back on the only drive that I need to be on. The <laughs> only drive that is out here. The only drive you need to be on. The one and only PlayStation drive. Secondly, hearing you say all of the stuff, the shows that I've been on is still like, like I said to you, still froze me and still kind of um, getting my mind around it. And yeah, I'm good. I just come from seeing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I told you, like, I literally didn't get to see the end. And it's funny, I've never in my whole life gone to the cinema and left before the movie's finished. So, like, I still need to watch the end of the movie. So I'm going to have to wait for it to come out to watch the end. Yeah, because you said that you had you had some stuff going on. But I mean, obviously, you came back to hang out with us. We appreciate that. You could have, Midas, you could have been anywhere in the world but you're here with us and we appreciate that. I love it. I love it. Man, <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, let's get this train rolling. Because again, if you are watching us on YouTube, quick fact, quick fact, did you know, that was a Jay-Z lyric. I didn't know that actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. I did know that actually, but for me, it's a, it's a Mr. Midas quote before that it's a Jay-Z lyric. So I'll take that. 100%. If you're watching us live on youtube.com slash carpool gaming right now, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Hit that bell so when we go live, you'll be notified. If you're listening to us on your podcast service of choice, please make sure you leave that follow, leave that subscribe, hit us with that five star review. It helps us reach even more wonderful people all around the globe. And of course, if you have extra bucks to toss our way to tip your drivers, head to patreon.com slash carpool gaming where you toss in bucks in the tip jar and now comes a cornucopia of content for you to enjoy and consume uh on this week's show we're going to be talking about uh we got some news last week the show was uh was was late because i was sick uh so we're back on schedule now because we had to get mr midas on here uh so we got a bit of notes we're gonna talk a little bit of assassin's creed a little bit of modern warfare but then mr midas and i are going to break down the best rpgs on the ps5 before wrapping up with a whole bunch of questions but without further ado my dude we kick things off each and every week. I have to know you as, as an as a music as a musician yourself, as a performer. You know, you've been on a bunch of different playlists, but I want to know what's been on yours. What have you been playing lately? So I've just recently finished Final Fantasy 16. And nice. Yeah, gas mode that proper had me like uh, I. It's so weird. I feel like that game is two different games. Now I feel that like game is is three games put into one game like it goes yep. to three different places but the end was like epic so I proper proper enjoyed that um and then i weirdly enough jumped back on my switch because i haven't finished um tears of the kingdom so i've nice. been like wrapping up tears of the kingdom and then as you know i've been like i love me some remote play so i've been doing some remote play on i start i actually started dead island okay because um, i haven't played it before so i started dead island uh on ps5 but i was doing it remote play on my um g cloud so yeah that's what's been running in the playlist what about you well i have to ask first hold on how is the g cloud how is the remote play experience because i have it running on my deck uh and it's 
it's not the greatest. I've tried to run it on uh, my computer, and again, it was okay. I didn't find it. I literally just upgraded my internet over the weekend, so I'm going to give it another go. But how are you finding the remote play on the G Cloud? Because obviously with Project Q coming, and obviously there's a lot of people who are really back and forth on that. How do you find remote play so far? Um, so remote play is a huge part of my life. Like I used to remote play a lot of RPGs, especially turn-based RPGs on my MacBook. Mm-hmm. But I found the latency was really bad. So that's yep. why I could only do um, RPGs that were turn-based. I couldn't do anything real-time. Matt, I played about 15 hours of FF16 on my G Cloud. Like, really? It, yeah, like it has been, it was so seamless. And you know, like the combat is very fast in FF16. And I was able to play it without any issues at all, no latency issues. I'm really surprised how thing, but I think it's because, and this is why I, I know everyone wants the Project Q to be a handheld device, but I think the reason why Sony are like, no, we're making this remote play only, is the same thing with the GQ, um, with the G Cloud. It is so good at doing remote play because it doesn't do everything else. Like the battery right. life is forever. Like, I think I've owned it about two months. Matt, I've charged it twice. Really? Like, the battery lasts for ages. Like, I would be there for three-hour session, and the battery's battery's fine. That's next level, dude. I'm glad to hear that it's working well. Because, yeah, for me, I I think I need to tip back in and give it another go. Just because I I used to use it for for turn-based stuff, too. But, like, I I loaded up... uh, well, I loaded a Final Fantasy 16 actually, and I was like, the latency isn't great. There's a bit of a stutter. There's a bit of a lag here. But maybe, again, I just upgraded my internet. I have to hop in and give it another whirl. So uh, I'm, I'm, because ex- you're, st- are you stoked for Project Q? Are you in? Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the few people who are super sick. Like I said, I use remote play a lot. And to have a remote play, one of the things that I dislike about the my service right now is like, I have to switch my DualSense on, right off in the background, and then I play. So much, I hate doing that. Matt, I bought the remote. I literally went on Amazon and I bought the PlayStation Media remote. Yeah, yeah. Just so I can turn it on with the remote and not have to have my DualSense on. That really irritates me. Like, I'm not using the DualSense. Why is it on next to me? So I just turn it on with the remote and, and, and start playing. But yeah, I'm super gassed. To actually be able to have a handheld that's going to have the DualSense capabilities is ugly. Don't get me wrong, it's butters. <laughs> it's not a great design, but I'm excited for it. Like, I'm one of the few people. I actually went into, after I was on Podcast Beyond, Beyond. I actually went into the Beyond group, Beyond. Beyond. And um, I put, <laughs> bro, am I the only person who's excited about this? And there was loads of people who said they're really excited too. But it's just about the price point, isn't it? That, I think that's a big thing. Jellish in the chat says people are making a turnaround on Project Q. There's some positive buzz being generated. I am looking forward to it. I, I, I think for me, yeah, I think the make or break thing for me is going to be the price point. That is really what I'm waiting to see. Um, because with my Steam Deck, and like a lot of people said it works really, really well. I think maybe I just need to reinstall a couple of things, play with it a little bit more. Um, but the out-of-the-box experience with the Project Q, I'm sure, is going to be great. So I'm curious to see more, dude. I'm excited that you're enjoying the G, uh, the G Cloud. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about Q when, it, when we find out more. Um, 
as for myself, I uh, have been playing. I finished Coast before I mentioned. I hopped to the trails of uh, into Reverie. It is fantastic so far. Um, it basically splits out three different protagonists, so you choose which line you want to be playing through uh, up until you reach a certain point, and then you have to progress to the rest of the lines to see what's happening. Because obviously, as it is with trails, everybody's in different locations, but it's all connected as things are happening. Uh, not the game to hop in with. This is like the end game. This is like the the, the massive ending of everything that's come up until now uh so not the time to hop in but it's awesome um strongly suggest going back and playing uh the, the ones leading up to it if you're looking for like one of the best rpg experiences out here um popped into a we did a actually a community tournament tournament with walkabout mini golf vr a uh, huge shout out to the devs we had uh you know court and seth had an interview with them last week that went live so make sure you go catch that on the channel if you missed it uh but they also supplied us some codes to give away so we gave out some codes uh in in the in the discord and on twitter uh and we did a little community tournament on sunday and that was a ton of fun uh there was like five or six of us playing it was a total blast shout out to bowser for taking home the crown for this round uh that game is just a blast we played this uh this level where it's like there was constantly gravity switches. So like in the level itself, it looked like it was like Inception, Doctor Strange with like the city folding in on itself. And like we were literally like putting overhead off the walls and everything. It was it was a wild time, but it's a ton of fun. Uh, and dude, as someone who's never played anything Baldur's Gate before, Baldur's Gate 3 has me constantly thinking about it. Playing it on Steam Deck and it is awesome. Like, go ahead. I was going to say, so I haven't played it yet. Um, so I just got it um, over the weekend or Friday. Yeah. So I just got it sent over to me on Friday. I was more kind of waiting for it on... Um, I was waiting for it to come on PlayStation 5 because I was like, I'm going to mm -hmm. play it on my PS5. My PC is in my studio and my Project Q is at home. So mm -hmm. like I'm not... I Very rarely I sit down and play big chunks of games while I'm here. So I'm like... More than likely, I'll wait for it to be PS5. But when I was on Beyond, Beyond, I won't keep bringing it up. Um, I they like Jada kind of got me gassed about it. Then I was hearing these rumors about sleeping with bears and things mm. like that, and like everyone's got me amped about this game. And it's so weird because there's games that just break through the the masses, like Persona. Yep. Persona 5 is a game where most people would never talk about a Persona game, but that just broke through and everyone went crazy about it. Elden Ring is another example. People who weren't even into those kind of Souls-esque games, like that broke through. And I feel like um, Baldur's Gate is doing that same thing. It's got people gassed and got people interested. Like one of my brethren hit me up. He was like, oh yeah, tell me about this Baldur's Gate. I'm like, fam, you are not a D&D guy. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you even know about this game? Right. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, like it's I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't hyped. I'm like, I get it. It looks cool. And then over the last like month and a half, it likes like the more I heard about it, the more it drew me in. I heard about the bear stuff. I heard about like, you know, the freedom and then like the people talking about it from early access. So I hopped in and dude, like the freedom in this game, I have laughed out loud more playing this game than I have in any other game in recent memory. Um, I keep accidentally murdering stuff and people. Uh, I walked up, uh, I talked about this on the Discord, but I walked up on a, on a windmill and there was a bunch of uh, goblins outside and they had found a gnome and they tied it to the windmill. And this thing is spinning round and round and round on this windmill. So I'm like, I'm going to save this guy. I get into a fight, kill the goblins. I go inside the, the windmill itself because obviously it doesn't just stop by itself. You have to stop it. So I walk in there and I see the word break and without reading anything more, I press it. 
tell me how I released the brake. The windmill speeds up. The gnome goes flying off and I accidentally killed it. <laughs> and- See, that, that is why people are playing this. Because everyone's like, what is this game? It's like, it seems like one of those games where you have to experience it to really get what's 100%, going on. 100%, dude. Yeah. Like, there's just, there's been so many moments like that where I'm just like, what just happened? Are you serious? It's, 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 it's a ton of fun. Uh, another, I was on another quest line where I had to take down like three of these like bosses that were in this area. And like one of them was like super strong. I was like, what do I do with this thing? I, I threw a poison cloud at it. It ran closer to this. Like I wasn't even in, in battle. It was just chilling. It runs over to like by a pit. I go into hiding and I shot uh, an, like an explosive arrow right beside its feet. Send it flying into the pit. It dies immediately. I was hiding, so nobody suspects it was me. I didn't get in any trouble because I hit the ground beside it, not the character itself. It's just like, dude, like there, there's so many ways to like tackle a problem or figure something out. Midas, like I, I like D&D. I played a bunch of it. But this is one of those games that's like, it's like right behind Hogwarts Legacy now on concurrent, like peak concurrence on Steam. It's the highest rated game of the year. It's in the top 10 on Metacritic of all time. Like yeah, that's how... It's- it's mad and 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 if you said to most gamers, oh, would you play a D and D game? People would be like, no. 100%. I I almost feel like it's it's not even being marketed as a D and D game. I feel like people are just like, oh, what is this? They don't even know it's part of the D and D world. But one of the things I'm hearing a lot is people are saying they love an experience and they love the combat. They love the experiences. They love the characters, but not everyone's crazy about the combat. How are you finding that? Uh, I love it personally, just because like, again, you and I are turn-based guys. We, we've, we've done turn-based forever. So for me, I think the biggest thing about this game as a whole is that it is a lot to learn. The game doesn't teach you much and it kind of expects you to learn things on your own. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, okay, what can I do? How can this work? And even combat, like I'm getting to the point now where I'm learning the characters I'm having, like I have a party that I'm starting to like outside of the characters that you start with or might start with. It depends on whether you recruit them or not. Um, It's starting to click more and more because I'm learning what I can and should be doing rather than just, I have a sword, I'm going to hit the enemy. Like the game, if if you take the time to learn it, the combat's fantastic. If you don't and all you're going to do is try and like spam spells or if you're all you're going to do is just try and use your sword to smack the thing, it's going to overwhelm you just because it expects you to learn. If you don't take the time to learn what you're doing, the game is going to run through you because I've had a, a couple uh, encounters already and I'm just playing on like the standard difficulty that have kicked my butt up and down. So like, I like the combat, but it, you do have to learn it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm already intrigued. I was going to wait for the PS5. What I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to just jump in, get a taster but proper play it on on when I get my P- when the PS5 version comes out because it seems like a coach uh, a couch game for me. It seems like I want to sit down at the TV and play it mm-hmm. or play it on 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 even my Project Q or my G Cloud whatever I'm remote playing on. Like it seems that that relaxation where sitting down at my gaming chair at at a desk with a monitor. I don't know if that's the experience I want to play that game at. Mm-hmm. So I will give it a try. But I think I'll leave the proper experience for um, the PS5 release. When's the release anyway? September 6th or something. It's like early September. September 6th, okay. September 8th, something like that. But so not far. yeah, dude, 
Uh, it's not far at all. I was with you. I was like, I'll wait for this on PS5. And then the more I heard about it, and I think you completely nailed it when you're talking about this being a breakthrough game. This will be a lot of people's, like it is mine, their first game like this, that there's so much you can do. And there's so much, like it reminds me weirdly a lot of Tears in the Kingdom, just because, and, and Breath of the Wild in the way that like, in those games, it's the physics system that you're able to really play with. If you can think about something, if you can find a creative solution to the problem, the game will let you do it. It's responsive. Baldur's Gate is that, but for, you know, the systems that it gives you. It's like, how can you get around a problem? How there are way different, a bunch of different ways to handle this. How is your character spec? How are you doing it? That freedom and that creativity reminds me a lot of, of Breath of the Wild in that way. Um, so I'm stoked to hear what you think. And I think you're right. A lot of people are going to really, really enjoy this. But without further ado, my dude, we got some news to talk about. And then we got to break down some RPGs. And we have a whole bunch of questions. So once people heard you were coming, the questions rolled in, my dude. So let's uh, get this going that. with our first story coming from VGC, written by Andy Robinson. Uh, as expected, it looks like Modern Warfare 3's beta will be coming to PlayStation first. Sony's longstanding marketing deal with the franchise is expected to end with this year's game. Uh, that's according to an Arabic trailer, which appeared on the PlayStation YouTube channel as translated and spotted by Charlie Intel. Prior to the announcement of Microsoft's intention to acquire Activision Blizzard, the company had agreed to make another three Call of Duties available both on PlayStation and Xbox consoles. This year's Call of Duty entry is the last as part of Sony's longstanding marketing agreement, according to court documents. So it seems like the marketing deal is not over just yet, my dude. What do you think about the story? And do you think how much more of this do you think we're going to see, if at all? First of all, like everyone, we're all fed up of this story. Yep. Um, but this was to be expected. Remember, one of the first things that happened when the announcement PlayStation tweeted about, well, they better stay with the deal that we've agreed. So this mm -hmm. was already agreed. We already knew this was coming. I just think it's probably PlayStation's last flex as our see it, see it, see it on our our first because um COD makes um sony bare money in it like mm -hmm. the amount of people who buy a playstation to play cod play fifa play 2k so um yeah it's just a smart move on on their behalf and the thing is at the end of the day microsoft's just eating out of it they're just gonna make more money in it yeah i think you're exactly right like i think they're probably gonna go hard because it's the last time that they really can for this foreseeable future uh but yeah i don't think this should be a come as a, come as a surprise i'm curious to see more about modern warfare 3 um, I haven't really seen a ton about it on how people are feeling online, but we'll keep you posted as it goes. The next story coming that I want to pull in is a one that is one that's bittersweet, but I want to pull it up here. Coming from BGC, once again, written by Jordan Midler, who co-hosted with Midas yep. on Kind of Funny. Make sure you go check that episode if you haven't already. Shout uh, out my lad, Jordan. Yeah. The right takes when it comes to The Last of Us. Uh, Keith David will succeed Lance Reddick as Commander Zavala in Destiny. Um, veteran voice actor Keith David will succeed the late Lance Reddick as the voice of Commander Zavala in Destiny. Bungie has announced Reddick, who voiced the character since the game's inception, passed away at his home in Los Angeles in March at the age of 60. Now the studio has announced his plans to continue the character in Lance's absence. The passion and pre professionalism Lance brought to the role over the last decade was unmistakable and loved by all, wrote Bungie in a blog post announcing the news. Lance's iconic voice led us through the most intense moment in Destiny's histories, and his impact on our Guardians, our community, and Bungie as a whole will never be forgotten. Commander Zavala will, has been central to the story we've been telling since the original Destiny, and we have plans to continue his journey. Beginning with the upcoming expansion, The Final Shape, Keith David will assume the role of Commander Zavala. Crucially, Bungie noted that Reddick's existing in-game in lines will remain untouched. What do you think, my dude? We have uh, Keith David taking over. 
Um, first of all, rest in peace, yep. Lance. Um, nothing but love to you and your family. Um, Keith David is a legend. Like he is a huge actor, and I feel like he's um, he will never replace Lance, but I feel like he's a good mm-hmm. step in. Um, I feel like he's got that. He's just got that wise old man energy in it. Like that. Yeah. That. That. Okay, if something's gone wrong. Keith seems like someone who would come and sit down and give you the advice that you want. So I think he's a a, a, a good standing. Um, and yeah, yeah. So obviously it's bittersweet. It's super bitter that um, Lance is gone. It's sweet to know that he's his voice acting from all of the original games is going to stand there and Keith's able to continue the journey for um, millions of Destiny fans. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's it's obviously, you know, rest in peace to, to the legend. I mean, Lance Reddick was one of the greatest to ever do it across both TV, video games, and everything. Um, and he brought, like, such gravitas and, like, a, a weight to, to Zavala that I think, um, like you mentioned, Keith is going to do a fantastic job. I have no doubts about that. Uh, it's nice that they're keeping the, rec- the lines he already recorded intact. So it's not like there's going to be, you know, they're not like re-recording stuff with Keith now. Um, so it's it's a, I think it's a good way to honor the character, to honor Lance, um, and let them continue moving forward with uh with the character because yeah, I th- I, th- I think Keith is a great great person to step in to fill in the shoes. Uh, coming on to our next story, coming from uh X, good old X, uh, coming from at Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed Mirage has gone gold and is coming out a week early. On behalf of the entire team, we can't wait for you to explore 9th century Baghdad with Bossom. Your journey now starts on October 5th. Save the new date. Midas, my dude. Assassin's Creed Mirage is launching a week early. This isn't a delay. We don't usually get to talk about stories like this. Uh, where's your hype level at on Mirage? Is this a day one for you? Firstly, I hope in that week early, there's no um, leaks. Because Assassin's Creed are like <laughs> the leak kings. So we hope... Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I'm not super gassed, but I am looking forward to it a lot. I re- The reason why I'm not super gassed is because when they showed Red, um, Assassin's Creed Red, which is mm-hmm. like um, Fural Japan, that's what I've always wanted from Assassin's Creed. So it's like, you're showing me exactly what I want and giving me a little bit of a, t- a taster of something that's going to be fun. Kind of reminds me of when um, Final Fantasy 13 um, was coming out and then they showed you verses and you're like, oh my God, that one looks super sick, but I'll play this for now. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that it's going in a bit more of a traditional um, AC and I really loved um, Valhalla. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm really into Vikings, so I proper like Valhalla. So to be able to continuation of that story within the characters within that world, uh, is super dope for me. And Matt, I'm most excited that it's a shorter game. Something yes, that I can just, um, that's an Assassin's Creed game that's not 100 hours because, like, some of these games, like me, I'm the RPG specialist. You know me. I love those games. But some of these games feel like they're just, just, just for end now. Like, yep. it's, it's, I'm getting like that a lot now. I don't know if I'm getting, if that's old man syndrome, but I just feel like just end now. So I'm glad that it's shorter. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm with you. I think this is the most excited that I've been for an Assassin's Creed in a while because it's shorter, because it's a return to form. I liked Valhalla, but I thought it was way too big and way too long. There was just too much there. Uh, so to kind of trim a lot of the bloat and give us like a tight, you know, 12 to 15 hour experience, uh, obviously more than that if you want to do everything. Uh, but I'm stoked. I think it looks cool. I'm glad they're giving us a little bit more breathing room before Spider-Man 2. 
because uh, obviously that's just a couple of weeks after. So, you know, this will be a great way to spend a weekend, uh, rip through, do some Assassin's stuff. I just, I just wish we would get multiplayer back, dude. Like the, the classic Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood multiplayer was so good. And it's you never been done like it. It's because Unity destroyed that. They tried to make too much. Uh, they tried to, you, you could have a whole crew of you. And then it, yep. just, it just was egg in their face. They were like, no, nope, nope. leave that alone. Never mind. It, it, that completely blew up in their faces. But yeah, awesome that we're getting a game early for once. It's it's a great thing that um, you know people are going to be able to hop in. Um, and the, the fall is is starting already. Baldur's Gate has already hit, and there's just so much more coming in the next couple months. So uh, stay tuned and make sure you happen to Assassin's Creed early. Let us know. Is it a day one for you? Hit us up in the comments. One last story that I want to touch on quickly because this one has me stoked. This is one coming from IGN because this is everything announced at the August 2023 THQ Nordic Digital Showcase. Um, we got our first look at TMNT The Last Ronin. This is a game I'm incredibly excited about. The comic series is fantastic. Wait, 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 wait. I haven't yeah, even yeah. seen this trailer. Pause it. Pause okay. it. Pause it. Pausing it. Pausing yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Talk and then play it because I ain't even seen it. So this is basically, like, there's, there's not much going on in this trailer, but are you familiar with The Last Ronin? Yes. Okay, so yeah, they're they're going God of War style. Um, it's the developers who handle a lot of the a lot of the ports for THQ's uh, recent stuff, including like Destroy All Humans. Um, so I'm I'm waiting to see a lot of what the actual gameplay looks like because we get a tease here more than anything else. But I'm stoked they're doing this. They've already confirmed it's like going to be dark, it's going to be heavy, very much inspired by God of War. Uh, I cannot wait for whatever this is going to look like. I hope it's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm super gas for this. Super super gas. Right, let me see this. You could yeah, talk me through it because in, in case anyone's listening um, and not watching. There's not there's not a ton here. It's very much like a, a proof of concept. It's very much like a tease of what this is. But for anybody who's like not aware of The Last Ronin is a comic series that basically has uh, three out of the four turtles had passed away. It's the last one standing. I'm not going to say who it is because uh, that's one of the kind of fun points of the story uh, is learning who it is. And it's basically their last fight against, you know, this like over like this huge um almost like post-apocalyptic future uh co confirmed that it's next gen only here on ps5 and xbox series x and s on pc but i can't wait i'm so excited to see what this is uh easily one of my most anticipated games again black forest doesn't have me the most excited as a studio but i'm ready to be proven wrong black forest all you need to do is still go to war and go to shishima and put it together just 100%. do that. You do that with 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 looking like the turtles. Um, we, you've won with a side like because with cyberpunk in in terms of like the city and like the way that that place is, it just has to feel huge and alive. Um, some of the other stuff that we got was now South Park Snow Day. It's a new 3D game coming out next year. Uh, a Gothic One remake, Titan Quest Two has been officially announced. Uh, Alone in the Dark, Dark got a new trailer that's coming out this October um last train home got some uh, got a trailer as well outcast a new beginning space for sale and there's a there's a whole bunch more here uh but i really want to shout out the last one that's easily the one that i'm most excited about uh south park i'm mixed on just because i liked the 2d stuff kind of that they've done before uh i don't think this looks as good it's like a, it looks like a 3d kind of like brawler almost uh like very action adventure uh very south park Kind of curious to see more. Were you big on the South Park RPGs, Midas? No, I ain't even played them. I'm not really into South Park, so I'm just I, I just don't really care to be honest with you. But Matt, THQ need to 
remake the greatest game that's ever come out of a development uh, that they publish. We're talking WWF No Mercy. I know people are gassed about a AEW. Forget all of that. I need the best wrestling game that was ever made. Um, that THQ put out No Mercy. I don't even want no new wrestlers in it. You get me? I like Roman. <laughs> I don't want Roman in it. I want The Rock. You get me? I want Triple H. This is what I want. THQ, bring that back. So how would you want it done? Like, remade from the ground up? Do you want a, a Rockstar-style Red Dead port? If you could make this game right now, Midas, what does it look like? I want it to be arcade i want it to be the same i want it to be arcade wrestling i don't want him to try and do what 2k is i don't want him to try and make it look realistic it needs to be chibi art style arcade people super muscly and just fun man because like i proper loved uh i actually fell back in love with wrestling when um um ww 2k22 came back out and that made me fall back in love with it but okay. also it's very kind of technical it is almost like a fifa like you have to be you're basically trying to imitate being a real wrestler but sometimes you just want to be silly sometimes you want a super smash brothers and yeah. i that's what it could be a really great kind of super fun super smash and obviously aew their wrestling games doing it but i don't know aew i've never watched that like mm -hmm. i want the old school wwf um, even when it was the even before it was wwe when it was wwf so bring that back and Roman yeah bring back the world wildlife foundation make those pandas wrestle that's exactly what we're asking for <laughs> uh, i don't know dude i've never played no mercy maybe that would be a great way for me to hop in and actually learn a little about wrestling because i know nothing i hope your wish comes true my dude <laughs> i know you're not the only one asking for it all right my dude that's the news for today. And obviously with us being, you know, the RPG guys, where this is this is our specialty, our forte. And as being the PlayStation guys, we need to talk about our favorite RPGs and the best RPGs that you can play on the PS5 right now. Um, I, you know, when, when I brought up this topic, I was like, oh, there shouldn't be that many. Uh, I lied. I have a big old list here. Uh, <laughs> I, I know Midas has the same, but we're going to try and keep it short and concise here. Um, we're going to go back and forth. Midas has five. I have five that I'm going to whittle down here. Uh, and we're going to tell you the games you should be playing on your PS5, my dude. Midas, I'm going to let you kick it off. What is one of the must-play RPGs on PS5? So, Matt, I did a different approach. Okay. I, I didn't do the typical My Favorite rpgs because i talk about them all the time i talk about how much i love to say like there's certain games that are the core of me you probably can see some of them in the background behind me so i was like you know what you said the best rpgs mm -hmm. and i've spoken to so many gamers and i watch all the reviews and everything about some of the greatest games in that genre that have changed certain people's life so there's mm -hmm. two games in my list that I haven't played, but Tell I've me. spoken to enough people about them and thingies. So the first one, this is going to throw you, this is not what you'd expect, is Disco Elysium. I have that on my list. So Disco Elysium is, is how I started. And like I said, I haven't even played Disco Elysium, but the passion that people talk about this game is incredible. Like, first of all, I really love the visual art style, that kind of um old school kind of comic book style 
um, I'm blown away with the voice acting. The voice mm-hmm. acting in that game is so, so good. And like, you know me, I'm a big RPG guy. I play a lot of Japanese uh, um, role-playing games. And sometimes um, like you'll get a little bit of voice acting and then you'll just, and then up the rest is just text, 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 text. To think mm-hmm. that they voice acted so much of that game is incredible. The side quests people have told me about, the way you interact with other characters. And there's a few games, just like when you're talking about Baldur's Gate 3, that someone talking about it really gets you amped. And it might not even be a game that's in my wheelhouse that I'm going to play, but just hearing people's passion and excitement and watching reviews and being like, raw, this might not be specifically something that would be for me, but if you're into a more kind of Western RPG, this is something fantastic and should be in your wheelhouse. Dude, 100%. Uh, the, I, the, the hype around this game is what got me into it. I played it a few years ago on PC. Like that, I had a, a, a laptop that could barely run this thing. This thing was literally on fire as I was playing it and I couldn't stop. The, again, similarly to Baldur's Gate 3, I think that's a great comparison in terms of like throwing you in and just trying to let you figure it out. Uh, I accidentally killed my character in the first two minutes of playing that game <laughs> because I spec'd him to be very smart and very charismatic, but weak physically. And when you start that game, you wake up hungover as hell in an, in an apartment. And there was a, my, my tie was spinning on the fan above me. So I was like, okay, grab the tie. I put my hand up, the fan hit my hand, I sent me into a heart attack, and I died. I lost immediately. <laughs> because I should have turned the fan off before I reached for the for the for the tie. But again, like there, like that that game, this the just the amount of I, you're hundred percent right with the voice acting and everything, but just how much of it you'll never see and never hear because of how much of like your choices genuinely matter. The the side quests and your relationships with people genuinely matter. That is one of those games that's just once in a generation. Like, and, and unfortunately, with everything that's going on at Zaum, I don't know if we'll ever get at anything like that again with the second one. Um, but like, yeah, that game is incredible, dude. That a hundred percent needs to be on this list of the best RPGs on PS5. And you, um, I know, I know, you was not expecting that from me. I wasn't at all because I know <laughs> it's not your thing. But uh, uh, dude, whenever there's a break in this massive season of ours that feels never ending now. You owe it to yourself to try that game because of how incredibly special it is. It is so good. Yeah. It's it's so weird. It's definitely something that like with me as well, like sometimes I want to play something different. Like I'm really excited about Immortals um, of Avium, which is like Mm. a magic kind of shooter. And it's just because it's different. Like sometimes I just want to play a shooter because I've been playing so much action adventures, so much things. Like sometimes I just want something, uh, um, you know, sometimes you just want, to eat something different yeah like not every day like not every day i eat west indian food so that's definitely something that's always on the all right one time where i've got nothing to play and i just want to jump into something different that's something i will experience 100 percent, dude it is that good uh i think my first uh game up on the list similarly i think you know Let's get some of the, the more random ones out of the way here first, because I, I know you and I are going to start meeting in the middle here pretty quickly. Uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring is a game. I'm not a Soulsborne guy. Uh, I played Demon Souls and finished it just because of a bet. Uh, I played a lot of Elden Ring, and it sucked me in just because of how free that game is and how much it just lets you do. I didn't finish it, 
but I understand the the technical showcase that it really is. The the combat encounters, the world is just incredible. There's so much to see and so much to find. And like once the combat clicks, and for me, I was like, give me the strongest spells so I can find the spot to hide and blast away. I'm not the person that's in there dodge rolling and parrying. I'm the one hiding with a with a staff and trying to shoot magic from the back corner of the room before this thing gets close to me. Um, but because the game let me do that and I found enough enjoyment in there, and regardless, it was still incredibly difficult. Uh, I think Elden Ring needs to be on this list just because, again, that's one of those games that just swallowed everything around it. And because of the open world, because of the ability for you to experience it in a bit of a different way compared to what Soulsborne was before, it brought so many new people into the genre and so many new people into the game. So I think Elden Ring needs to be on this list. So Elden Ring's on my list as well. And I am not a fan. I'm telling you straight out, I'm not a fan. Like I was practically not forced to play um Elden Ring but I'm a BAFTA games member when mm -hmm. you do um a BAFTA games committee all of the games that are nominated it you have to play through and Elden yeah. Ring was one of those games and I hate that you got to get good and I hate that being battered over and over again and when I was seeing the world I was like wow this game is beautiful and visually it's incredible but it just nothing in that game connects with me absolutely at all but matt the conversations i have mm -hmm. with Elden ring fans they will write essays about why this game is incredible and why it means everything for you like i've never heard like when Elden ring comes up and in the bafta awards people argue with their heart mm -hmm. like like it's like they're applying for a mortgage or something like <laughs> everything this game means to them and to be able to see that much passion and that mm -hmm. much excitement for something even though it's not something that at all connects with me and even though it's not something that i specifically enjoy i know in the wheelhouse of what is some of the greatest um rpgs that's up there so yeah that can be thrown in uh but yeah i don't personally like it i'm just keeping it up no, I'm with you. Like, again, like, I really loved it, and then I fell off of it and never went back. Um, but uh, it, it deserves to be here. What's another one for you on your list, my dude? All right, cool. So we're getting straight into it. Um, Final Fantasy VII Integrade. So yep. I was able to... So when I've done this list, I've got a couple games. I've been trying to mainly go PS5 games, not ones that are just uh, in PS4 ports. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Integrade um when it came out it had the ufi dlc which was a um exclusive and they actually it what impressed me is like i love final fantasy final fantasy 7 is my favorite i feel like final 7 i think final fantasy 7 remake has the best real-time rpg combat for me ever and then with the ufi dlc they they um they worked on it and made it even better. That kind of synergy of yep. being able to, even though you're not controlling uh, the party member that's with you, that you can team up attacks together. It was harder. It was dope to actually go back into Midgar and experience that world in another way. And then they even did like changes in the game. Like I've got a video on my YouTube where I talk about the synergy, like the synergy in Final Fantasy VII Integrade is OP, like they changed the synergy and stuff like that. So it's not even just, oh, they made the graphics better than better. 
which they did and they fixed all of those bad texture doors and stuff like that they actually <laughs> made you be able to play in um 60 frames which is a huge difference mm -hmm. they actually went into the magic and stuff like that and people couldn't even understand how ff7 ran on a, a ps4 and integrate is the real version of that game that it was meant to be and i feel like it had to be on the ps4 for the install base to be mm -hmm. able to make themselves and yeah it's just immaculate and looking at cloud looking that good and tifa looking that good and everything fam just gets mm -hmm. me i'm 100 with you dude i was kind of like okay why does integrate need to be only on ps5 the base game was there and then once i played it i was like that's why that's why the game looks fantastic the 60 frames is so nice it's so slick uh, i can't wait for rebirth it is easily yeah. one of my most anticipated games and i mean we're like hopefully within six months of that uh yeah ff7 remake integrate 100% on this list. Um, all right. I think the next one for me, um, Tales of Arise. That game is just so good. Talking about games that kind of, you know, broke through the zeitgeist that really like a lot more people that have never played a, trail, a Tales game played uh, because of how good that action combat is, because of how nice it looked. Um, that game really really hit a point that no other tales game did before and for me having being a tales fan for like 20 years now tales of arise is easily the best one in terms of how it looks and how it feels and just the, the, the updates they made to it um i love 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 this game and for a lot of people this was one of their first you know jrpgs and you know like look at sean this was one of the ones that really brought him in to the to this entire world of our weebness um tales of arise is fan fantastic on ps5 um you just copy my list i'm telling you dude <laughs> tales of arise is fantastic and you know what matt i don't like tales of games like people have always said oh you need to play tales of this tales of this tales of Cynthia, tales of and i've tried like three and none of them connected and i was just like when I saw Tales of Arise, I was like, oh, this looks really interesting. Mm -hmm. And everything you said, so right. But the characters, like Alfin, like um, like how broken he is. Like I love mm -hmm. that 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 kind of broken lore cracked me up. Um, like the combat is so good. One of the things that make a lot of people stay away from the rpg genre especially those kind of anime looking games is the turn base that kind of turns them off and the combat in this game was incredible when you started mixing up your party and being able to kind of sync their um their attacks together it mm -hmm. was fluid and it just looked beautiful it ran well the story was cool um i love when companies actually put that extra mile in and do full um, dub voice acting because i that's i'm more of a dub guy even when i watch anime so having the english voice acting that was so good even down to like as an rpg person matt when i change the costume in my character i want them to look different that yep. is so, that i love that the weapons the upgrade um spectacular game the only thing i would say for me I feel like the end was a little bit too long. But, I agree. But you can get that with probably most games nowadays. Like the end was a little bit too long, but fantastic game. And and it was my game of the year when it came out. 
that game is just like I feel like Act One is like near perfect, and I think Act Two falls off a little bit. So I'd agree with you. But even then, being a huge, you know, a, a huge RPG like that and clocking in at like forty to fifty hours, it's not a hundred and fifty hour game that you need to spend an incredible amount of time with. It's one that you can rip through if you really wanted to in a couple of weeks. Um, what's your next game, my dude? Um, so my next is so on my my next would have been um, Elden Ring. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to go to the greatest turn-based RPG that's ever been created, Persona 5 Royal. That's um, good. Persona 5 was... Persona is a anime-based um, Japanese role-playing game that people have loved, spin-off from the Shimagami Tensei series. And 4 captured so many people's heart, but because it was... 4 Golden was trapped on the Vita, um, rest in peace, Vita Island um most people didn't get to play it and still it was like a beautiful game for people who loved it but it was kind of like the graphics were a bit dead they weren't like it was nothing like that was a next level and there's nothing more exciting as a gamer to actually see the jump of the next generation of what a game can be for me it's very similar to the old school god of wars to god of war 2018 reboot mm-hmm. like that jump between the two was immaculate like the visual art style that they basically took um used Catherine for as a training bed was incredible and persona 5 is a great game persona 5 royal is excellent mm-hmm. like the extra content in that game is so so worth it matt i've platinum um, persona 5 royal I've completed the good ending, I've completed the bad ending, and I've completed the real ending. We're talking like over 100 hours deep. That game Mm -hmm. is everything. And I feel like it's the best turn-based combat ever made. I agree with you entirely. This is being one of my favorite games of all time, uh, obviously on both of our lists. Um, Persona 5 Royal is one of those, again, just broke through the noise. This game is incredible. The extra content is so genuinely surprising and not at all what I was expecting. And like everything that that game adds onto was already an incredible game is just so, so worthwhile. The new characters, the new areas, the extra, the extra semester is just all brilliant. And one of those things where if you've never played a Persona game, Persona 5 Royal is the best place to hop in. It's just genuinely incredible. Yeah, um I- and and they fixed some of the stuff that was a bit annoying in five. Like for example, mm. you could go in the, go out in the day and the nighttime. This time that yep. was better. You didn't have to in original vanilla. You had to um, friend the shogi player for you to be able to do but um, batat and pass. But they added yep. that in straight away. My only gripe with that game, Matt, is to unlock the new semester. Like you literally have to grow your um, friendship. Um, mm-hmm. with the new party member um, really, really quickly. And it doesn't yep. tell you that. And I remember, like, I don't like spoilers. So I wasn't looking and I was like, actually, let me look what I need to do. And I was like, oh my God, I've only got one month. And then literally I was just spending time with those two. So I think they should have made that a little bit more obvious because some people may have played it and been like, why is everyone going on about this? It's, it's practically the same. I missed the whole new semester. I'm with you, dude. Like, I, I kind of realized a little bit late with the second person because there's two people you need to get, like, as far as you can by a certain date. Yeah. Uh, and that last month, again, I was spending, like, 
all my time with them trying to level them up. But uh, yeah, and I still think that um, Haru's dungeon with the last boss in that dungeon is still ridiculous. Like the fact that like beating that dun that beating that boss in that dungeon is better on the hardest difficulty than it is on normal is just ridiculous. Um, but well, they made it harder in Royal, and I don't get yeah because it wasn't even that hard in in five. No. He wasn't that bad. And then in Royal, they just took it and just turned it up to a different level. But it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, the next game on my list, uh, we're at five already. So let's kind of speed run uh, a few more here to kind of get through the rest of our lists here. Uh, Yakuza 7, Like a Dragon, is one of the best turn-based games I've ever played for a series that was a you know action brawler to then completely change their battle system to give you an incredible story with endearing characters Everything about that game is fantastic. And again, it was a lot of people's first Yakuza because of the Switch. Uh, and there's a lot that led up to it. Um, and just the love, love, love that they put into that game. Uh, that game is incredible. Runs fantastic on PS5. And I, it's one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. One of my favorite games of all time. Like, it's that men, good. Matt, men in nappies, I'm not with it. That dude, you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta have fun with it. Listen, there's, there's a, there's a professor who makes enemies into Pokemon. There's men in nappies that you gotta fight, and but they're also turns out to be your friends. It's a whole thing, dude. You just gotta accept it. I'm not. What's up? Uh, what's next on your list? Um, so if we're gonna just run through, I'll just give you two really quickly. Yeah. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, obviously, I know there's lots of controversy around that game, and J.K. like. FJK were not about her, but the game itself was a really incredible um, game. Um, FF16, proper yep. enjoyed my time with FF16. I don't think it's better than Arise or Integrade. Um, so I wouldn't put it above them, but it is one of my top five um, place, top five um, Final Fantasy games. Uh, I'm with you entirely. Uh, I thought uh, Final Fantasy 16 is it's really, really, really good. Um, I think it kind of it goes on a little bit too long. There's some pacing stuff that I had, some issues that I had with it, um, but still a blast of a game. Um, for me, I, I need to shout out uh, Trails to Azure. Um, again, one of the Trails games. I'm not ready to put Reverie on this list just because I haven't played finished it yet. But Azure is like a 10 out of 10 game. It's legit from the combat to the story to the characters. is It is incredible. Uh, if you haven't played any of the Trails games, you can start with Zero and then go into Azure. And I'm sure you'll be hooked to keep going after that. Azure is is perfection. For a game that was stuck on the PSP for the last decade, for it to be finally brought back uh, and available on modern consoles, Azure is just one of the best. Um, and then I have to, I mean, I think we have to shout out Horizon Forbidden West for being a, you know, Sony first party. It's a game that... Uh, I think is a little bit too big, a little bit too bloated, but Aloy's a great character. That world is awesome. Um, and of course, like, you know, there's there's so many more that we could have touched on here. Final Fantasy 14, Diablo, Octopath. Uh, but I think that is a, is a really, really strong top 10 for people to go in and check out because there's just, there's so many, I feel like we're like kids in a candy shop nowadays, dude, with the amount of RPGs that are quality, incredible games uh, for people to hop in and play because there's way too many. Yeah, I think my last shout-outs would have been Nair, um, yes. Octopath 2, and Horizon. And, like, Horizon, for me, is a game that's not spoken about enough. And it's mad, because I don't even think of Horizon as an RPG. I think of it as an action-adventure with RPG mechanics. And it's such a weird place that we're in now, because almost every action-adventure has RPG mechanics. But yep. incredible game, and 
Um, I feel like it always comes out when something else comes out that's groundbreaking and it's always kind of underdone. But like, I still have to rate them so much. Going from Killzone to Horizon and um, Aloy is one of my favorite PlayStation mascots. Yep, 100%. Uh, let us know, folks, what games do we miss? Obviously, there's there's so many on, on the PS5 that you can play now, but let us know some of your favorites in the comment uh, comments. Uh, we had a bunch of people write in. Um, the Muffin Mon wrote in and said, my favorite RPGs are on PS5 are Trails to Azure and Tales of Arise, both games with the fantastic party members and I would and which I believe to be the lifeblood of any great JRPG. 100%, um, w- without a doubt, uh, Kev, you're, you're right. Those are two of the best. Um, and we have a bunch of questions related to RPGs and everything else, so let's get into it. Because if you want your questions read on the show, make sure you hop over to the Discord and, and comment there. Or there's a weekly X post that goes live and let us know there as well. Just like Black Wyver did, who has questions for the show, specifically for Mr. Midas. Number one, why are you avoiding Court Luan? Every time uh, you're on, it's, it's that episode where Court's gone. Actually, let's get this right. Matt invites me. So Matt invites me when court's not around he don't want court around he wants us to be able to talk about waifus he wants that anime chat he's not about court i'm just gonna keep your buck he wants me over court so what can i say dude listen court was like oh i'm not on the show this week they they picked a hockey player to be on nhl like woo big deal like that's that like i guess that's a, his waifus are the hockey players yeah uh if you had to choose one the last of us part one versus part two what would your answer be we already know it's the last of us part one that's why you don't want us on together because you don't want us last of us team tag teaming you yeah because then at that <laughs> point i gotta call in nagachaka and the rest of the crew who actually know and that that the second one is better uh, uh black wyvers final question he says thanks as always is what is your current game of the year that's currently playable on playstation oh um probably it is probably ff16 right now FF16 is probably currently my PlayStation game of the year. And it is probably my game of the year so far. But it's been a good year. I feel like it's been a great year, but it's been a weird year. Like, there's been years where you know what the standout is. Like, it's not even a thought process where I'm going back and forth. Is it 16? Is it Tales of the Kingdom? It's probably going to be one of those. But on PlayStation, yeah, definitely be FF16. What about you? Uh, For me, like, honestly, it's... I, I, I'm obsessed with Baldur's Gate right now. Like, it's not on PlayStation yet, but it's obviously yeah. coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 would be up there for me as well. Um, but, like, again, like, Trails to Azure, I think, is currently my game of the year just because of how incredible that game is and the story and the world and the characters, and you can have it on PlayStation. Awesome Dave1337 writes in and asks, how is it that the best RPG on the PS5 has been available to play on all PlayStation consoles? The game in question is, of course, Final Fantasy VIII. I've never played VIII Midas but how is, is eight the best? No, it's not the best. You Final Fantasy <laughs> eight people need to chill. Do you know what? Final Fantasy eight is a good game, but it's not like school is whiny as hell. He's like the most whiny guy when it comes to Final Fantasy. And people are like, oh yeah, Cloud's whiny too. No, Cloud's not whiny. Cloud's miserable. There's two different <laughs> things. And the Buster Sword is the best weapon. Like what is the gun blade why have you got a gun that is a sword that doesn't shoot so you're just it doesn't shoot it doesn't shoot so it's a gun that's a blade and you, you all it does is get more hype like like the the final fantasy 8 has got the most for, um forgettable protag um antagonist in any final fantasy game like 
it was good at its time, but calm down. It's not that great. Calm down. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Nagachaka writes in and says, pretty sure I haven't asked this question before, which is shocking. But which team are you on when it comes to Final Fantasy VII Remake? Team Aerith, Team Tifa, Team Jesse, or Team Barrett? And why is the right answer Team Tifa? So is, did he say Final Fantasy VII Remake or Final Fantasy yes. Seven? Seven Remake. All right, cool. So Remake, you're completely right. It is Team Tifa. But I'm not going to lie. When I remember Final Fantasy OG, in my head, Aerith is Bay. Aerith is Cloud's wifey. That is how that game um, played to me. But fam, fall in love with Tifa. Not only is she gorgeous, she is just so kind and so humble. And mm -hmm. love Aerith to death as well. But yeah, Team Tifa all day. Shout out Jesse as well. They did a great job with Jesse. Love me, Barrett as well. But when it comes to when 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 it comes to our day and we're gonna be sitting with that glistening stars in the background it's gotta be tifa it's gotta be dude a hundred percent tifa is the best uh again beautiful kicks so much ass she's such an incredible and awesome character uh nagachaka stays right it is team tifa uh darth stridius writes in and asks can final fantasy 16 really be called an rpg and why is it a faux rpg well it's so weird because for me now like, I feel like when people think of RPGs, they just think of stats. Mm -hmm. Where if we just thought, think of stats, then God of War is an RPG. Then, all right, like every single game that has any kind of character stats now, like then Assassin's Creed is, is, is an RPG and it's not. So I feel like an RPGs have certain tendencies and, and, and things to them. And at the whole action adventure and RPG thing is kind of merged. And I feel like what Square did is they tapped into a lot of the action adventure stuff and left mm. some of the RPG stuff. But fam, when you're taking soup to people and you're delivering soup to people, like that game is as RPG as it can be. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's when you're a huge, um, obviously summon that are called icons that are battling each other which is like an anime genshin mad movie like you can't get more rpg than that like it is so traditional where but they've removed so much of the rpg mechanics so you're right a lot of the rpg mechanics are not in there but that game's an rpg i don't care Dude, I'm with you. And the thing is, RPG has kind of become more of an umbrella term nowadays. Like you have your turn base, you have your action RPGs. You have so much under the term RPG that it isn't just one thing anymore. It's not your classic turn based. Here's the anime story. Here's the anime style looking of the game, which is what we grew up with. Nowadays, yeah. RPG has become so much more than that. I mean, Horizon can be classified as an action RPG. God of War could be categorized as an action RPG. There's a lot there that fits under that umbrella term now. And Final Fantasy 16 is 100% in there. But Awesome Dave in the chat, Midas, saying the gunblade does shoot. You have to press uh, time and R1 press during combat with Squall. It doesn't shoot. No bullets come out of it. So it might, <laughs> all of the shoot is you press R1 and it goes, all it does, it revs up the blade. Don't act like I ain't played the game, fam. Like all you do is rev up the blade. No bullets come out. You can't shoot something that bullets don't come out of. <laughs> uh Drellish writes in with a whole bunch of question that says what are our favorite rpgs released in 2023 that you've started or played so far i think we touched on this one we both said final fantasy trails to azure is up there with me 
Um, and he asks, I want to play Octopath Traveler 2 because I'm hearing me too. great things about that. Because uh, he, uh, he goes on to say, how would you rank Baldur's Gate 3, Octopath Traveler 2, and the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters? Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is probably number one for me right now. Octopath, I haven't played yet, but keep hearing incredible things. And uh, I haven't played the Pixel remasters. Have you touched, have you played any of those? No, but I tell you, I have been playing Sea of Stars, the demo. I played the demo of Sea of Stars, and Sea of Stars demo is really, really good. And yep. if they get it right, it could be like up there as one of the most incredible. Currently, it's got some some issues and something, but it's a demo, so it's not really out. But that that's what I'm excited about. I actually that, prefer the art style over Octopath. That that game could really, really be something incredibly special, and we're just a couple weeks out from it too. Uh, Josh goes on to ask, Mr. Midas, having not had any experience in D&D before, do you think this hinders or adds to your experience playing games like Baldur's Gate 3 for the first time? Are you planning on rolling up another character later to check out how different events could unfold? Oh, it 100% hinders my experience because I feel like I'm not, I don't know what's going on. When I was on Beyond, again, this is the last time I'm going to say it. <laughs> Jada Griffin was explaining it and it was giving me a headache. I felt like I was in a science lecture and someone was telling me about polymers and and, and things like that. I was so confused. So I feel like um, I feel like it's going to hinder my experience to a certain degree. But because I don't know about it, it's going to make me probably want to play it again and roll a different character. So I think not knowing about it makes me want to come back. Like FF16, I'm not going to go and play that again. Now, mm-hmm. I, I know enough about Final Fantasy games. I got everything that I needed to. I yeah. completed it and I'm done. We're not knowing about d and I'll probably be like, oh, actually, let me try that another way. Or I might even start and be like, I don't like how this character feels. Let me start again and, and, and roll something different. Especially because a lot of, I think, that sense of discovery will be cool. Being like, what does work? What can I do? How far can I push this? What are my possible actions? Because it's like, as somebody with... I have some experience, not a ton. I'm still learning. So I can imagine if somebody walks in there being like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. The game's fantastic. But that sense of learning in the game is something that I really enjoy. Uh, And he has one, Josh has one final question saying, do you think that Baldur's Gate has a small chance in beating Hogwarts Legacy this this year when it comes to concurrent players on Steam? Will the PS5 launch push that number up as well as people might double dip across both platforms? Love the show, guys. Keep it up. Honestly... If you asked me this a month ago, I would have said, hell no, no way. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. even going to touch it. But now I wouldn't be surprised. Like you said, there's games that, are, that's one of the greatest things about games. Games have that magic touch of sometimes something comes out of nowhere that just connects with everyone, like Among Us, like something that just connects with everyone that no one ever expected. Flappy Birds. Who would have thought people was going to be have to sell their iPhone for five grand because it had Flappy Birds in it? <laughs> like there's things that just connect with people in a way that no one, no marketing team can can guess. So I feel like it could. I 100% think it could. Like, it's already not far behind it on Steam Concurrence. Like, I think last time I looked, there was, like, a difference of, like, 50 or 60,000 or something like that. Um, It may be more than that, but I think it was around there. I definitely think it could catch Hogwarts and overtake it. And especially, like, as I think this game is going to have massive legs on top of it. Like, I feel like the more people hear about it as people hop into PS5. Similarly, dude, a month ago, I would have said never. Now, like, shocked to say that it very well could. Yeah, couple questions left. Edward Varnell at the Boss Rush Network at that retro code asks, since PlayStation has gotten away from the RPG genre itself, why do you think, when it comes to first-party RPGs, Nintendo has been successful and Sony has not? Do you think Square and other third parties shown them the correct way to make one? 
No, I just feel like PlayStation don't have to because they're incredible at making first um um third person really great action adventures and everyone who makes incredible rpgs wants their rpgs to be on a playstation so you're going to get a sea of stars you're going to get the exclusive persona games you're going to get the exclusive uh, final fantasy games i don't feel like they need to because everyone's hammering to put their games on playstation's um hardware I think you're exactly right. I just don't think they see the need to it, especially how, how close they are with Square. Uh, I think Nintendo is really good at having a massive, diverse set of first-party games. Um, but at the same time, I do feel like they all kind of fit in one wheelhouse. You know it's a Nintendo game. Similar with PlayStation. Like I feel like each one of the, ma- like the big three has their own kind of identity. And I just don't think PlayStation sees the need to invest in in RPGs on their own. They'll borrow from them. We've seen it with God of War. We've seen it with Horizon. They'll they'll make your you know RPG adjacent games. I just don't think that you know they are they're very much about the mass market. And I don't think that them making a turn based specific this is an RPG game. I just don't know if they have the studio to even do that with. Um, so I think it was just it would take a lot more investment on their part that I don't think they want to do. Um, especially like you said. They already have some of the best and biggest on the platform, and they have fantastic relationships for years and years and years with the people that are making the best and the biggest RPGs. They, I don't think they they see a need to kind of do that on their own. Honestly, final- as well, just yep. lastly, I almost feel like the super, super successful RPGs um, almost stay away from the trope of their RPG. Like, if you think about a Witcher Wild Hunt, like... Mm-hmm to hardcore gamers that was kind of advertised as an rpg but to mass media that was just a action adventure and mm-hmm. and same with cyberpunk 2077 like to hardcore gamers yes this is an rpg and you can do that but really the market into mass media was just like this is just a shooter with a story yep yeah 100 percent. like they, they know what they're doing they have those relationships you know why why try and do why try and break the wheel and our final question comes from Court Lalonde. At Court Lalonde over on X, he says, My, Mr. Midas, why do you only come on the show when I'm not there? Do you know what? It's just too much <laughs> swag, in it? You can't have so much swag in one episode. So, like, you just have to be removed so I can bring some swag onto the set. You get me? 100%. Like, again, the, 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 you two in the same room, I can't even imagine what it would be like. There would be too much, oh, the last of us part one is the best, when we all know part two is the best. Uh, but without further ado, my dude, Midas, Thank you for coming on with Rock and Rocking with me. It is always a blast when we ever, whenever we get to do anything together. Uh, before we go, my dude, where can people find more of you? Just want to say, love the show. Super proud what everything you've done, Matt. Like, just seeing your journey where I've known you and how much you've grown as a presenter is incredible. I love what you're doing with the PlayStation Drive. I love what everyone's doing at Carpool Gaming. So thank you for inviting me on again and keep being great. Um, Court, same to you. Keep being great. I've had you both on my podcast, Too Many Games. Make sure everyone checks that out. But if you want to find me, um, I am on everywhere on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Mr. Midas Games. We're working towards 5K. We want to hit 5K by the end of the year. So make sure you show some support and hit that sub. You can find us on Twitter, aka X. Um, I'm doing loads of videos on TikTok, on um, Instagram. Everything's Mr. Midas Games. And it's been a pleasure to be rolling with you again. 
like always make sure you go find mr midas in all of the fantastic places some of the best content you can catch on this worldwide web of ours uh and of course before we go we have to thank our wonderful patrons who without you we could not do this each and every day we appreciate you all very very much but we have to shout out miles of amanda who has joined us at the exclusive tier uh welcoming in p-e-j-e-e-p at the gold member tier and of course our ultimate producer is robbie bobby miller who you can find at twitch.tv slash robbie bobby miller Tony Baker, who you can find at youtube.com slash quest for pixels. Jonathan Brown, find his link tree at pme.jib. Mr. Lee Navarro, who's the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, who you can find at phoenixoverdrive.com. And of course, Trucker Slaw. Our platinum producers, RJ Kern, and our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave, 1337, Bowza, Cecily Carroza, Dano, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Hopple, John32, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Marcus McCracken, Pehe EP, Shy Guy, and Tim All. Thank you all so much. We'll be back next week. We appreciate you all very, very much. Stay safe and have fun. Peace.